Welcome to ASHTA Resource Q&A. We're taking time to discuss construction materials testing and inspection with people in the know. From exploring testing problems and solutions to laboratory best practices and quality management, we're covering topics important to you. Now, here's our host, Brian Johnson. Welcome to ASHTO Resource Q&A. I'm Brian Johnson. And I'm Kim Swanson, and we have a special guest today, Brian, don't we? Yes, we do. Our guest today is a good friend of mine, Evan Rothblatt from ASTM. His title is the Manager of Highway and Transportation Services, which I didn't realize before we invited Evan. It didn't change the fact that we wanted to have Evan as our guest, though. Evan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm honored to be here with both of you. Yeah, so I've invited Evan today not to talk about his title, but uh, we want to talk about something he's really amazing at and may not realize. I I think this is going to embarrass him a little bit, Uh, (laughs) but so many people are not good at this, this thing that we're going to talk about today, and that is networking. Now, Evan, is this something that you are aware of? Did you know that you're considered to be really good or great at networking? Not in the least. You and, and some others have pointed out to me from time to time, and it just, to me, it just feels like something natural to be, and putting the title networking on it, for me, it's just kind of, I don't know, just, for me, it's just conversing, right? It, it's getting to know people, connecting, and, and, you know, I guess connecting and networking are one and the same, but uh, really, it, it roots down to the fact that I really just enjoy getting to know people and getting to know their stories. And for me, it's not like a, what can I get from you? It's more so I just want to know what your story is. I think everyone's so unique, comes from so many different backgrounds and places. I, I think to me, it's just I want to know your story. Did you know that uh, just now you have dispensed knowledge to people that they didn't have before this? Because a lot of people, when they think about networking, <laughs> it is like a, a scheduled, planned activity that has been well thought out. And they just like, I'm going to go into this meeting or this dinner and I'm going to sit next to this person and I'm going to talk to this person about this thing and I need to get this from them. But already, like, I want to point out some keys that you brought out. Number one, it's authentic. And one thing I thought about with this episode in general is it's really about authentic networking, not just networking, because you do it without thinking about it. Like, you're just, you like people, you like to get to know them, you're good at sharing information with them and connecting people. All of these things that you do just kind of naturally are are pretty amazing. And well, you may take it for granted, but others do not. So again, I told you I was going to embarrass you, and I, I'm, oh, I'm delivering. I am <laughs> blushing. I am blushing. This is uh, <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not a person that that likes to speak about myself often, but I am honored that that these are the qualities that you see, and and uh, I, I do I genuinely appreciate it. I also want to point out, I don't want to dissect this to the point that you, like, it messes you up. You know how sometimes where you're like, I just kind of do this thing and people are like, hey, you know how you do this? And you're like, ah, no, but, but now it. I'm going to think about it every time I do it and it's going to change my life in a bad way. You're, you're throwing a no hitter. Uh, it's the eighth hitting. Let me just call that out to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and this actually happened to me a couple years ago. We had a training class on presentations. Like in the last couple of years, I started considering myself to be pretty good at it, at, at giving presentations until Great. I had this class. And I, 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 so I go to this class and this person's telling us all these things and, and, and I'm like, okay, I don't, I do that wrong. I do that wrong. I do that wrong. And, and then for a couple months after that, I was not good at giving presentations. And then you when I forgot about it, I was yeah. good again. 
Well, I'll, although I'm looking at Kim's face and she's kind of like, what is he talking about? He's not good at this. Kim, <laughs> Kim do you care to chime in on that? No, you're definitely a good presenter. 100%. I, yeah, no, definitely a good presenter. You are as engaging as they come. For the same reason that you mentioned to me, it's the same reasons you engage, you bring humor to presentations. You know, I would hope that you'll do a podcast on presenting because it's like you bring all that energy and what you give is what you get back from that crowd. And I think it's the same. Again, it's the same as, as you, when you're talking about networking. If you give of yourself, you get in return, right? It, it's If you leave yourself out there vulnerable to let people know who you are, I think that's the same that comes back to you is that people open up and share with you. Because again, I, I'm an open book. I think you guys know that pretty well. I mean, there's no topics that are really bad for me that I'm always happy to share. Good experiences, bad experiences, otherwise. And I think that leaves you willing to have open conversations with people who, again, you establish trust with people, right? And I'm, I'm huge on that. If I have people that I am willing to talk to and trust, whether it's a confidant, whatever it might be, I will leave myself out there for them because, again, the same token, I will honor the same back. What you give what is what you receive. Okay, so a lot of these things you do just kind of naturally, right? And one question I wanted to ask you, and I think this is what people really struggle with, is the first time you go to a meeting that you've never been to, and I know you've been in this position before many times, where you're going into a room, people may not know who you are. How do you start a conversation and start building the relationships that you that you build? I think the best way to go about it is just to, see, I don't like to do anything unnaturally, right? It's got to have a natural feel, right? I don't ever like to force anything. So what I like to do is I just go in and just listen. Don't go in. You don't have to be the bull in the china shop. Go into a situation knowing that you are either new to a group where, you know, when I went to my first material meeting, everyone seemed to know each other. There was such a collegial atmosphere and everyone knew each other and knew all this stuff. And so I didn't go in thinking, well, I know everything. I know everyone. I went in and I listened where possible. I like to find where we can connect on common ground. That puts me at ease. It puts, I think, the other person at ease. You find that common ground, whether it's sports, food, whatever it might be, but you find that area and then you just, and just take it, you know, a little bit at a time, right? You don't have to know everyone right off the bat. You just kind of start with one or two people. I like to just go in, again, suss it out. You can read body language. You can, you know, and you can see who's engaged and who's not. You can see if two people are in a very intense conversation, just let them be. Like, don't try to jump in. I think it's a, a huge faux pas that, that some people tend to do where it's like, like you said, some people might come in with an agenda and say, well, I need to talk to that person. I'm going to do it right now. Don't do it. <laughs> that to me, I think is kind of common sense. And don't go in and, and interrupt people. Just have a natural flow to it. And as I got more time and got a little more seasoned with going to the meeting or meetings, you know, if I saw someone kind of, or a couple of people standing up outside that weren't quite engaged with anyone, I'd want to say, well, why aren't they engaged? Why aren't they chatting? And then again, you find out their story and, and maybe, maybe they're super shy, maybe they're jet lagged and they just want to kind of stand over there. But, you know, I always want to make sure everyone's comfortable and ease. Again, I like to read body language and say, wow, that person looks really uncomfortable right now. What can I do to help make them more comfortable? And it, again, it, it's a group of 400 people at times, plus or minus. If you're a TRB, you're 15,000. So you're literally just one person amongst many and you just want to kind of ease your way into it. 
I think you brought up a couple good points there that I just want to maybe reiterate for some people. I think one is to come into the situation with some curiosity about somebody and not necessarily looking to get X, Y, and Z out of a connection. I think some people can go into a networking event when they're unsure of like, I, I need to see so-and-so and I need to get five contacts out of this. And they put the pressure of an expectation of what that uh, interaction or that event will be like for them. But if you go into it with a true curiosity about learning about other people, and then you can kind of see where the connections are and how you perhaps can have mutually beneficial interactions and connections like that. But I think that's a, a good thing of just going in with curiosity to begin with, as opposed to having the expectation of I'm going to get this. So it's not so transactional. It's more natural that way. So I thought exactly. that was a great point that you brought up. And another thing that I've heard as advice for networking events is that if you kind of act like you're the host of the event and that makes you a little more puts you in the mindset of going up to strangers of like, if you were hosting this event in your house and you saw someone kind of standing by themselves, like you said, you want to know why aren't they engaged? What's their story? What's going on with them? So you kind of can come at it with a different lens and it's not necessarily like the pressure of it. I mean, I've had had that backfire a couple of times on me, that personal advice, but generally it's good to like, you kind of think of yourself as the host of the event that you can kind of not be a wallflower that you may naturally be. Exactly. I like to put myself in other people's shoes. And so if I'm that new person coming in and I don't know everyone, you know, what, what, who would I want to come over? What would I want to have happen? It's always nice, you know, when someone comes and introduces you to a couple people or again, you find that common ground and say, you know what, you know, uh, that person likes pickleball, right? Or, or that person enjoys going and seeing the, the, the Capitol building when they go to a new city. Whatever it might be, it's just nice to get everyone engaged and break down some of those barriers. Again, the first time I went to TRB, it was overwhelming. And, and like you said, Brian, when you come into a situation, you don't know everyone. I remember going to TRB and it seemed like everyone walking through somehow knew someone. And, and you know, and again, 15,000 people. So the, the first year I went, it was this funny thing of I am completely anonymous here and I'm walking through and then I remember taking a pause years later, going and looking around. And as I walked through, it was, hey, I know you, I know you. I, and it was, and it's not like to me, again, that's so nice to have that opportunity to say, hey, let's catch up. You know, I know everyone's running off to sessions, but it's just nice to see those faces, quick handshake, quick exchange, and then, hey, I'll catch you later, maybe. But I remember just kind of taking a pause and saying, wow, I've been here long enough now that I, I, I'm now the person that knows everyone, right? And you look for those people that, yeah, there's students that come and are probably just overwhelmed coming to their first TRB and saying, oh, my gosh, like, I got to get to my poster session, but I don't even know where to go. It's nice when you have that person that kind of shepherds you through and kind of helps you and, and know that it's, it's going to be okay. Go and just talk to one person at lunchtime or out of this, you know, sit with someone you don't know. Don't get in your comfort zone of, I know this group or that one. Go sit with someone you don't know. Go sit with 10 people you don't know. And it's it, it's almost like wedding rules, right? If you're sitting at a table with nine other strangers and one of the things i love most is just eating with people to eat alone is that's not enjoyable to me back in the day with with ashton as an assessor you know you'd be out alone sometimes i would make sure i would go sit at an establishment and sit at the bar and i would talk to the bartender or i would talk to someone next to me even recently when we were in uh meeting in bellevue i sat at lunch 
And, you know, I didn't have one next to me, so I, I sat down. I saw this young woman came in with, with uh, luggage, and she came in and, and sat down. We had an hour-long chat and lunch and got to know each other. And it was just, again, it's a, it's a social experience, right? And, you know, I'll probably never see that person again, but we had a nice lunch, and, and it was enjoyable. So, like you said, Kim, it's coming with natural curiosity. It's not coming with an agenda. It's just... How are you? How's your day? And, and what's your story? Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point as well that, especially at these industry events or something like that, that you have, do have something in common. So it's not like this is necessarily a stranger at a wedding, but even in the wedding scenario, you are at the wedding, you both know someone at the wedding, right? But like you do have some common ground because you're both in that location at that time doing whatever you're doing. So I think it can be overwhelming for some people, especially introverts that are like, I don't know anybody, I don't have anything in common. It's like, well, you do like at the basic human level, you have some commonalities, but also like you're at this event or you're at this meeting right there. There is some baseline of commonality that you can strike up a conversation with or about. And it doesn't always have to be about work. It could be something, you know, like, oh, they have like a team logo on their shirt or something like, oh, you went there. or Oh, you did this. And, you know, it doesn't have to be work related kind of stuff. You can find common ground other places like that. The funny thing you say about that, Kim, is especially today with Zoom calls and teams and stuff. And prior to that, when you'd have a call maybe with a technical committee or something, you might be a chair on a committee or a vice chair, and you may not have met your vice chair in person. And then when you get to the meeting, if you know who those two people are and you want to connect them and say, hey, Guess what? You two have never met before. And it's so nice when you see people just hit it off too. Like not to not to kind of, of jump ahead here, Brian, but the idea of connecting people, whether they're in the same industry or even competing industry, whatever it might be, putting people together that are just good people, uh, and just seeing that connection happen to me is I mean, that's wonderful. It, it's it's again, it's like introducing friends, you know, that you have in two different areas. They come together and then they become friends. I, there's nothing better to me. I, I think just connecting people is is a great thing. That is definitely one of your superpowers. Not only do you know somebody very well in so many different places, but you seem to be able to make those connections and, and then you make meaningful connections between people. And then that kind of grows this other relationship. It is awesome. Like it, It's a really great thing. And I, I know that many people have benefited from that just by getting to know you. So we talked about what happens when you're you're new uh, and you touched on what happens when you're not new, when you're more advanced, you know, you know a lot of people at some place. How do you navigate an area where you know too many people? You're, you know, you know, let's say you know everybody, you know 400 people at this thing really well. How do you split up your time? It, it can be tricky, right? You get to the point where you're, it, it's almost like oversaturation. But again, it's not something I necessarily think too hard about it. obviously let's say you got a week-long meeting and that first night you get in and it's immediate like like you said here's 400 people and i want to talk to everybody and again it's one of those things where it's great when there's either an event going on or maybe on an off night you kind of get a small group together or you get in touch with people ahead of time and say hey i know we're going to have a week here let's make sure we cordon off some time together and whether i can get five minutes or an hour with someone i'll appreciate every minute of it but like you said for me, it, it's it's that tricky area of 
it's kind of going back to when we spoke about the fact that sometimes people, you know, be in an in, in intense conversation and don't interrupt them. Sometimes if, you know, if you, if you've been talking to someone for an hour or something, maybe it's time to, you know, break. Right. So sometimes it is a good thing. I, I shouldn't say never, never in, in, you know, interrupt people, but I think it's just a matter of you look at the time that you have, you know, if you're there for two days, if you're there for a week, see what events are going on. And again, in you know, can I have a lunch with you? Uh, can we sit at breakfast? You know, you, you find the times to sit at a session. You know what? I'll sit next to that person in a session. We'll just kind of catch up. And, you know, when there's breaks or whatever, any, I'll go to these meetings and I will give a hundred percent of myself that entire week, you know, whether it's 7 a.m. till 11 at night, I will give every minute of myself to anyone that possible and it can be exhausting, but by the same token, I feel so fulfilled when I come home. It, it's I've reconnected with friends and people, and and to, to answer your question, it's tricky, but you just again when you're engaged with a person, make sure you're fully engaged. And and oftentimes, maybe you don't get to see everybody, right? But then you say, look, I'll see you next meeting, or you know what, next time I'm in in Cincinnati, or next time I'm in Seattle, whatever it might be, I'll make sure I look you up. Because like you said, when I get to a town, if I have a meeting, if I have someone going, obviously I'm there to do that. But in the evening, or if I can get lunch or, or meet up with someone, obviously I want to, even if it's just a quick coffee, just to connect while I'm there, take advantage of being in the same place at the same time. And again, it's just, you can find the time, you make the time. I think it's also important, too, that you can, if you don't see everybody you want to see or you see them in passing, then to send the follow-up email after the event. Or again, like you mentioned before, trying to schedule time before for those people are really important to you that you really want to maintain and build those connections in person. Be purposeful in that. But I think there is something to say for the serendipity of just like seeing and passing or sitting next to you for breakfast or things like that, too. But slight pivot here of... Mm -hmm. I think we might have scared away all of our introverted listeners so far. <laughs> we are about 20 minutes into recording of this, and I think we probably have lost all of our introverts. But if we didn't, I would like to see if you have any suggestions that I know I have some suggestions. I think most of us here on this call, most of us, there's three of us. I think all of us, I would say, are mostly extroverted in tendencies for the most part. Um, but I know I can get very drained when I have to be quote unquote on in a net networking event where I relish my evenings alone <laughs> when I have to travel, especially for our TechX event or something like that. And I'm like, I was just, you know, bubbly and personable for like way too long today. I need to be reclusive and recharge my battery. But sometimes I'm like you, Evan, and I get charged up by the interactions. But then other times I'm like, no, I, I like, I put all of my energy out. I can, I need to gain that in doing something else. So I think that it's important to acknowledge that for the introverts um, and for the non-introverts that just like, sometimes you don't need to schedule stuff all the time. And that's not how it's going to work best for you personally in, in an event situation like that. That's really funny, Kim. So you'll be shocked to know that when I was growing up, my early years, I was as shy and introverted as they come. And so I always kind of joke that I'm, I'm the the introverted extrovert. What happened from from my background was that as a as a kid, we moved quite a bit. And if you don't come out of that shell, you're not going to make a group of friends, right? And I grew up in a very culturally diverse city, right? I grew up in Montreal. 
and I think that stimulated that early interest in getting people's stories, having that kind of background, and then leaving a group of friends and, and, and making a new set, and then a year later moving again. And some people don't really leave home until they go off to college, and they're kind of put in that position. By the time I got to college, I'd already done that a few times. So for me, it was just kind of like, a, all right, this is just the next phase. And, and again, I think that, that skill set was just kind of embedded. That's why when Brian says, is it something you learned? Is it something that's natural to you? To me, it just feels natural. I never really think what it is I'm doing. It just, it's a natural thing to want to connect with people and have those, those circles and friends and connecting friends with friends. Again, you've made a really good connection and, and, and put two good people together. It's, all, it's about putting good people together, right? A good person connecting a good person with another good person. And it's like that is a common bond, whether what, you know, they might have differences of opinion on different things, but that is the uh, underlying value uh, with all, all of those people. And it makes it easy to have those conversations. Uh, but I, I want to address Kim's comment on the introverts, too. If you're an introvert and you're listening to this and like, I can't do this, you can do it. You can do it. And I think Evan laid it out. You know, you give, take it one step at a time. You mix it up. You put yourself in these positions where you are meeting new people, sit at a table where you don't know everybody, all that kind of stuff. And you don't have to become best friends right away. It takes time to facilitate those uh, those conversations and to build those relationships. But you do have to open yourself up to it to begin with and take that first step. So I think if you're an introvert and, and you're, you're thinking this isn't for me, uh, it can be. Uh, if you let it. <laughs> and it's a great point, Brian, in that even as an introvert, again, I think you find your comfort zone. If you're sitting there and you, you know, you want to go again, take, take your baby steps, but also, you know, just try to find one thing to connect on, right? Like sit at lunch, li- little, a little bit at a time in the sense that I know it's going to be uncomfortable. I know it's, it's kind of, it's a stressor, right? We don't want to put stressors on ourselves, but Take that first step and say, all right, uh, at break, I'm going to talk to this person over here. I have no idea who they are, what they do, but I'm just going to go introduce myself, right? Get yourself in the mix. Even if you, you stand and, and kind of on the edge of the group to just kind of listen in a little bit, right? That, that's the whole idea of come in, listen first. Then and if and something sparks your interest or, or hey, I, I like that too, right? Or I went and saw that movie, whatever it is. And ease your way in. Don't force your way in. It's not a natural thing that way. Be be invited in and, and work your way in. But you're not going to get invited in if you're standing, you know, 100 feet away. You've got to get yourself up to the edge of the group and, and work your way in, right? Yeah. and I But I think for some introverts, it's overwhelming. You see a group of people and you're like, I don't want to even go up. So then that's when you look for... Man, as I'm saying this, it sounds super predatory, but you look for the lone person (laughs) standing by themselves and then you were like, oh, like, hey, what did you think of that last session? Or like, oh, my gosh, this food sucks or this food is amazing. Whatever it is, I like to use the breaker of, oh, what did you think of that last session? Or what are you looking forward to today? And then it can be as deep of a connection as we want. But I think it is just about putting yourself out there and maybe what you're good at is the, you know, really deep one-on-one conversations and not the big group of like, I'm going to just stand here and hope somebody notices me. And that's one way to do it. But I think that it's being a little more proactive and and having a little more 
confidence in that way. But I think you're right. It just happens over time. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. But like, it's still nerve wracking for, I think, everybody. If you're going into a situation that you're not really familiar with and you don't know anybody, there's always going to be nerves and stress associated with that. So I think knowing that you're not the only one feeling that way is helpful too. Yeah. <laughs> like when you can recognize your symptoms of introvertedness or shyness of somebody else and be like, okay, I'm going to, they look safe. I'm going to go and talk to them and see what's up with that. You hit the nail on the head, Kim. And it's funny the the, as you're saying all that, I'm thinking about the stressors for me. I never liked presenting, right? I never liked getting on that stage. And again, Brian would get up there and look like he was at home. Brian could go up there and command an audience. And to me, that's not my comfort zone. And so if I was asked to present, I would, I would overthink it and overdo it. And again, over time, you, you start to get a little better at it and more comfortable. But if you take me off that stage and put me with that same group where I'm at ground level, eye to eye, well, I'm shorter, so I'm usually looking up at people. But if I'm standing there and engaging one and working around a circle or working around a group, I'm so much more comfortable. But by that same token, if you're up on the stage and you're looking around, I'm not getting the same body language. It's almost like being on Zoom calls and team calls. can't really read body language to see if someone's engaged or not, right? You can tell if I'm standing there looking at you and having a conversation, I can tell if you're engaged or if you're looking at your phone, if you're checked out, if you're looking over my shoulder, I know if you're engaged or not. (laughs) Thanks, Kim. As Kim looks at her phone. It's one of those things where be engaged in the moment. And again, that... For, them, for me, that's an easy one. If someone's just not engaged, I can just move on and that's fine, right? And you're busy, that's fine, I'll move on to the next. But and I think the big thing is that body language, right? If you look and you see, you can kind of see that look in someone's eye where they're just very timid or not comfortable. And so, and again, when I got more comfortable with whether it was materials meeting, construction meeting, whatever the meeting was, and I knew a good group of the, of the folks, if I saw new people in there, Immediately, I would kind of train my eyes on them and say, do they look comfortable? Do they know people? Um, I would have um, someone from a state or someone from industry say, hey, uh, I'm not going to make the meeting this time, but this is my colleague that's going. They are super shy. Here's their number. Please go find them and and introduce them. And I'm always happy to do that. So I have one last question I want to ask, because I think that this is an area that people, especially an introvert, might make them feel like they made a mistake didn't make the impression they wanted to the first time. What would you do if you're in a situation where you, you you're talking to somebody and, and you walk away and you're like, man, I shouldn't have said that. Or, or like, uh, that was kind of like not really the impression I wanted this person to have of me. Uh, how do you fix that? Or do you just not worry about it? You are bringing the good questions today, Brian, as always, <laughs> as always, these are, these are very good. Uh, yeah. And good. These are good situation. It's situational awareness, right? It's, you know, there are moments where you say something that you think, oh, did that come, did that come across right? Did that come? And again, reading body language or, or just being sensitive to, you know, there's certain topics you just don't want to cover, right? There's certain yeah. things where, but there's certain topics you just don't touch, right? That the third rail, don't do it. But when you come to a situation where, did I say that right? Or for me, the best route is always just, it, again, it's honesty. Right? I'll address it or, and I'll say, you know, you look a little shocked by what I said, or, you know, you look inquisitive, like, did I, did I convey the right message? Or you, do you have questions? I think address it in the moment, or even if you revisit it later, like if you get pulled apart and, and you're in midstream of, of, a, of a thought, and obviously something happens, a session starts, you have to go, 
revisit it if you think that there's an issue there. Don't let it sit and dawdle. And again, sometimes things are, are not a big deal at all and you can just let it be. But I think I think you as the person that, that conveyed the message will know in that situation, I should readdress this, but just be honest about it. Again, if, if you're having a conversation with someone, just be honest and open. I think that's great advice because there are times where you make a mistake. You know, sometimes you just make a mistake and you're like, oh, I didn't remember that detail correctly. This happens the older you get. You have so many experiences. Sometimes things do run together in your mind. And that's okay. And I think people understand that. But I think it is important to go back and fix it and make sure that that person understands what's going on. I I know I've done that uh, at times. And, and, and it is a weird conversation to have afterward. Right. Uh, so you're like, hey, remember how we were talking about this? I'm sorry. I actually remembered that detail incorrectly. This is what really happened. And it's like, I don't know why this happens, but it happens sometimes. And uh, it's always best to get right. And I think what you said initially, if you can see them reacting in a, a way that indicates what you say may be strange or, or um, maybe not what they expected, it's good to explore that right away. When you separate from that person, that's when you're like having that debate with yourself. Is it worth going back and getting into it with this? And it really depends on how important it is. And then you can decide what you want to do. I couldn't agree more, Brian. And, and, and it brings up the point that as we get older here, there, there's moments when I may be engaged in talking with someone and it's, it's like I'm searching for a word or, or, or a moment or, or something. And, and the funny thing is when you relax your brain and, you know, an hour later or even two days later, that thought comes up. I will immediately get to the phone and text or, or get in touch with that person and say, by the way, I just remember what we were talking about. And to bring up another point is, you know, the last two and a half years during COVID and, and the pandemic, the fact that we were all kind of away from each other and I kind of say like this fog set in, right? That coming back and seeing people again, it's, there's been some time, there's been a gap and it's okay to forget and it's okay to, to be honest about it. But we're here now, and, and let's you know let's 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 reconnect and, and move. And I think that happened to a lot of people. And the other thing is, over that time period, there have been people that retired and moved into different roles and stuff. You know, a lot of changes happened in the course of the last couple of years. So it's okay to 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 say I forget or you know um, reintroduce yourself. I often find myself saying oh, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't remember your name. Uh, but that is far better than calling somebody by the wrong name. Oh people do not like that. Uh, it's also kind of funny when people look and, and they think they know you and I'm too polite to, to tell them immediately. Like I'm not the guy you think I am. Like you're talking to the wrong person, but you know, again, I think being kind and being empathetic in those moments, right? Like we all, we've all done that. So just, you know, don't, be mean or don't be agitated right yeah because we, we haven't really talked about that when you're on the other end of it you know if you're the one being called the wrong name or you're the one being asked oh i don't remember your name like you have to give that person some grace right like it, it's like well, you're if you haven't been in that position you will be at some point so <laughs> yeah but you know maybe give that person a break and, and just kind of move on or or if they mispronounce your name it's like it, it's okay it, you know you can correct them but to, you know be kind about it it's one of those things where there's some people that are, are so known in the industry that are so known in transportation so known in asphalt or concrete or whatever it is and uh, you know i i i 
totally get it when they've been, you know, 14 different countries presented, they come in and we've met maybe four or five times. And every time I can look and I can say, that person doesn't know my name and that's okay yeah. because it's hard to keep track of all that, you know? And if we don't see each other for a year at a time or a couple of years, I get it. So I'll just, I'll go right in and make it easy and just say, Hey, by the way, Evan Roth, I good to see you again. And then it might trigger something or they'll just say, Hey, I'm so-and-so I don't remember you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, that's, I, I think that's the final point in all of this is just to have some humility and, and don't have a big ego. Uh, Cause it's not an endearing quality when you're trying, especially you're trying to build relationships with people. Uh, you want to give, uh, you're not there to just take all the time. So, um, I mean, there's so many good nuggets here in this episode. I hope people get a lot out of it. And I want to thank you for your time. Uh, I know you're, you're as busy as anybody. Uh, so, so thank you so much for sitting down with Kim and me today and talking about networking. It's, you know, we could talk about all sorts of things. I mean, we could talk about ASTM compass, uh, you know, all day long. Uh, or any of the other things that you're involved with. Uh, and and we may do that in the future, but thanks for talking about networking with us today. My pleasure, Brian. I, again, it was an honor to be here. And and, and again, I, I really appreciate the time, the, the insightful questions. It was great speaking with you guys, and I'm always happy to make time to, to chat and catch up with you guys. Thanks for listening to Ashto Resource Q&A. If you'd like to be a guest or just submit a question, send us an email at podcast at ashtoresource.org or call Brian at 240-436-4820. For other news and related content, check out Ashto Resources' Twitter feed or go to ashtoresource.org.